So we're uh, into our final, I feel like it's like the final episode, but it wasn't an episode, was it? it? Isn't the book of Ephesians amazing? Such a rich, deep text, isn't it? And um, the question that we're looking at today is a question that we all have, I think, if we're a human, which I think we are. Why is life so challenging? <laughs> oh, slash exhausting, slash tricky, stormy, add your own in. And um, Paul, who wrote Ephesians, he gives us the answer. And I don't actually want the words to come up on the screen yet, because I think I'll just read the letter. Because this was read to the church um, in Ephesus. And so they heard it rather than read it when they first received it. So I want us to imagine the scene that we're the church in Ephesus. We're a bit storm-tossed. We're in a context where the people who came to start our church have actually been put in prison numerous occasions for their faith. And so it wasn't exactly, you know, they weren't living in hugely inspiring times in terms of the culture of the day. But... Paul, a man who was in chains himself, he wrote these letters and he challenged the church deeply, didn't he? And this is his concluding part of this very long letter that went to the church in Ephesus. And the answer to the question is found in this text. So let's just pray and listen up with your spirit as I read it. And imagine it was being read to you um, like you were back then. Why is life so challenging? Said them all. (laughs) And maybe we're thinking this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you will also know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you 
for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> I feel like Paul said it, hasn't he? And um, when I was preparing this, I got all sorts of things excited in my mind. I, I lined up my little friend, little small child, to come with his armour, and I had it in mind, he's going to present us. And he's decided to go to the park. <laughs> And I thought, right, we're going to have a great weekend. And we've been quite battly this weekend. It's been quite stormy. And so we have to put these things into practice, don't we? When things don't go according to our plans. And I think the church in Ephesus, they probably thought this isn't going quite according to our plans. Life is really challenging. And the answer wasn't, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Although it is going to be okay. <laughs> Because Jesus is on the throne. <laughs> he hasn't fallen off. He is the Lord. But we are in a battle. And I think sometimes when I feel the most tired, it's ironic because I've perhaps become the least spiritually active and alert. <laughs> and so the problem isn't actually, it's in my perception. <laughs> And I think today, it's, it's a day to remember that we're not on holiday. We will face storms. And we've just had our basement converted because storms will lash against houses. And actually, the lashings of water have got to go somewhere. So we've had a pump installed to flush it all out so it doesn't make our house moldy and rotten. We don't get completely drowned. We put our coats on. But we will face storms. So we've got to get those things in place. And maybe you're feeling exhausted today or like life's a challenge, not because you're doing, no, you're doing nothing. You're, um, basically, you're doing so little and it's just raging around and we've got to do something. <laughs> we can't just sit and get ambushed. Does that make sense? Got my words in a knot then, but I think you got there. <laughs> And Paul, who had every right to go, I'm just going to lie down. This is exhausting. I can't take any more batterings. Listen to what he said in Acts when they came and they were arresting him. He said this, look upon their threats. This is a prayer. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. You'd have thought he'd go, God, make it stop. I'm totally done. I'm not going to proclaim your word anymore because I keep getting arrested and beaten brutally. But he prays something completely different. He says, help me be more bold. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> not sure that's the prayer I'd be praying. And then he says this, and when they prayed, the place that they were gathered together in was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. <laughs> wow, that's a challenge, isn't it, to our culture? 
So I want to encourage us, challenge us, inspire us. When you're being completely storm-tossed, what are the dangerous prayers you're praying? Are we saying, please make it stop? Or are we saying, make me stand firm, give me more boldness? I will not be moved. <laughs> There's a chap who's uh, teaching I absolutely love called Bob Ekblad. Some of you might have heard of him when I studied um, at Westminster Theological Centre. He was one of the lecturers, and he's just written a book called The Gorilla Gospel, and I was already loving the title. Mike bought the book, and I stole it off him. And um, this is what it says about Jesus. Jesus was born into a world marked by oppression and injustice to announce and embody God's global liberation movement. Like an insurgent, Jesus comes in under the radar, behind enemy lines, and then builds a foundation of trust with a growing entourage of humble followers. Jesus incites a revolution that he calls the kingdom of God. I'm up for that. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, the whole of Scripture shows us that there's just this horrendous struggle all the time be between formidable powers. And, you know, we know that Jesus is on the throne. <laughs> He's victorious. We've got to the revelations of John and the end of the story. We know that Jesus has made an absolute spectacle of the enemy's plans. But we're living in the mop-up operation on this planet. And so there is this struggle with power. But it does require us, as the children of God, as the residents of the kingdom of God, and the temporary citizens of earth, that we need to be flexible, we need to be adaptable, we need to be on point, alert, awake, and ready. Not like even just for one minute on a Sunday. Like all the time because we're in a battle. And um, Paul, when he was writing this, he, he looked at the Roman soldiers because they were the ones constantly kind of coming at him and taking him down and stopping. And he was not for moving, was he? And he would have seen and been very familiar with the picture of Roman soldiers. I found this picture on the internet. It absolutely cracks me up. Have a look and see if you can notice what I saw. Here's a picture of two soldiers. Look at the guy in the background. <laughs> It's like casually chilling, <laughs> photobombed. But this is kind of how they would have looked. So this is when he's picturing this and he's seeing spiritual metaphors in these physical items, which we do, don't we? Um, he just gives us the way to get through life when it's challenging, when we're storm-tossed and hit on every side. He, he said, you know, we've got to stand firm. So let's go through the text again and just see what really strikes you as you now look at the words on the screen as well. So it starts at verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Notice what it doesn't say to be strong in. I'm sure we've all got our things that we draw strength from. But be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. My husband had a dream the other night and he woke up and it was all of a, a sweat and a to-do. And he, he um, felt in his dream that he'd seen claws being ripped off a lion and it was brutal. And then he was reminded of this quote by Dorothy Sayers that just says, we have declawed the line of Judah. 
We've ripped the power off God to make him more palatable and cuddly like a little pet. (laughs) And God is formidable. (laughs) Here it says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Have you remembered his power is mighty? (laughs) Let me remind you today. Let Paul remind us today. The man in chains who was still proclaiming the power and the strength of God. And then he says, put on the full armor. Put it on. I was going to bundle all the pieces of plastic armor from Daniel, like on the floor to pick up. Put it on. Take it up. It's no use knowing it's available if we never intentionally put it on. Put it on. So that we can take our stand against the devil's scheme. We don't actually fight the devil. Jesus has fought and won, but we take our stand. Verse 12 goes on to say, because our struggle is not against flesh or blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I wonder how many of your battles you've looked at through spiritual eyes. Sometimes we just normalize everything, don't we, and naturalize it. And actually, we need to take our stand, pick up our swords again, Get our oomph back in prayer. Silly little example that didn't feel very silly at the time, but we were living in Ross-on-Wye when we first got married, and um, in the flat they started putting scaffolding around because they were rendering a house just next door. And what happened was it made our flat so dark and feel oppressing, like it was kind of looming in on us. And I rang a couple of friends to pray, and they said, well, I hope you're seeing this through spiritual eyes, and I hope you're praying that God's going to move you out of that place. Because at the time, we were trying to buy a house. We couldn't get out of this flat. It was like we were totally trapped. And then, ridiculously, I literally couldn't even open the door. I could not get out of the front door because it was like wedged. Poor little weak wife I was. (laughs) But, you know, I, I was completely trapped in this flat, surrounded by scaffolding, darkness looming in, and trying to get out and move back to Cheltenham, which is what we'd felt God say. I was thinking, we're trapped. We're totally trapped. And then my friend said, right, oil the doors, take authority of the flat, stand at the windows, push it back and command it gone. And, um, you know, speak to anything that's at work that's not of God, that it will move in the name of Jesus. Take communion together as a couple. You know, and she really told me off, one of my friends. It was quite strict. She's quite bossy. And, um, And we did it all. And the next morning, scaffolding came down. And then the next week, we got an offer accepted on a house. And I thought, oh, I'm just sort of sitting in here in the dark, looking at what I was surrounded by, going, oh, I wish it would go. (laughs) That's not going to help, is it? (laughs) And I think some of us, we're sort of in our duvets, wishing things would change. And God's like, well, tell them to. (laughs) You've got full authority. Countless examples of things like that happen. Let me remind you of things that Jesus challenged us to do. He said in Matthew 10, verse 8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. How's that flow working? (laughs) Done much of that this week? (laughs) 
What an amazing, energizing thing that would be if we actually did this. I think life just would not feel so challenging. And the reason Paul carried on writing to this, because even when he was utterly battered, he was like, I am so energized by going out and seeing miracles of Jesus. I feel so enlivened when I see demons fly, shriek out of people. When I reach out my hand and a man who is lame rises to his feet and his ankles get strong. That is the gospel in action. And we have the power of the Most High God in us. The Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. It's actually in the text. We might need to be delivered of oppression. Evil forces are at work. A third of the angels decided to join a different team. And they're operational in the atmosphere of every room. But so are angels. And so is the Spirit of God. And he's coming to take all his territory back. John 10.10, Jesus says that the enemy, he comes, he's a liar, and he comes to steal and kill and destroy, and we've got to be aware of it. Are you being lied to? Have you been stolen from? Is there like a contract it feels on your life? I hate it. But Jesus came to give us life to the full. Um, a friend of mine called Anne Coles, her um, granddaughter was born blind, and she felt it was a real robbery. Health things like that are not always the enemy tactics, but we are in a broken, fallen world, and we have the consequences of that sometimes in our bodies, don't we? But she felt it was a, a robbery, and she read this scripture, and it said, when the thief is caught, you can take back seven times what he stole. And so every time she sees someone who hasn't got proper vision, she prays for them. Because <laughs> she's like, I am taking that back. That was a robbery. Are we doing that? <laughs> Things that we've seen robbed in others? Let's take them back. If we feel we've lost something, pray a blessing of that for someone else. Oh, it will wind up the devil. <laughs> And it will help us remember we're on the winning team. And Jesus says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. Sorry. But take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I like that passage in Mark 5 where Jesus goes into this whole area. It's called the Gadarenes. And he gets off the boat and he comes. And as soon as he steps off the boat, he meets a man who's demonized. And already he realized there's things about this territory that Jesus is going to have to deal with. Atmospheres in the area, traits from that territory. And even in our territories and in our areas, there are atmospheres and kind of character traits. Some are brilliant and some are not brilliant. And we can deal with them. And so he meets this man and he describes, it's described in the text that he had an impure spirit. And listen to what it did to him. It meant that no one could subdue this man. Day and night in the tombs and in the hills, he cried out. He cut himself with stones. I'm not okay with that. We shouldn't be okay with that. But then Jesus deals with the demon. Just gets rid of it. 
Are we alert to that going on in people's lives as being the root cause of people being stuck in caves, out of control, cutting, shrieking out, uncontrollable? Maybe there's a spiritual element. But then these pig owners, who these poor pigs, even the pigs couldn't handle it when the demons were sent out of the man and into them. They, did, they would rather be over the cliff dead than living being demonized. And they, they had been looking after these pigs and they came to Jesus and they saw this man who had once been possessed by this legion of demons just sitting there. And it says in the text that he was dressed and in his right mind. But then it says this, they were afraid. But I think their fear was a good thing. <laughs> I would like to be scared of the power of God again. <laughs> in a brilliant way. In a, <gasps> wow. <laughs> in a spine tingling. Look what the power of the Holy Spirit can do through us as his containers. Are you up for seeing some of this? Or should we just leave these poor people in caves, shrieking and crying and cutting? No, we mustn't. I love how Jesus, you know, he goes up to lepers and he is so full of the power of God and we are so full of the power of God. They didn't affect him. He infected them. <laughs> and when you walk down the road, you're not going to be suddenly like infiltrated by things. You have full authority. <laughs> If you're wearing your armor, if you know that you're full of the word of God and you have good things to say and start praying into situations. Jesus, when he faced the enemy in the desert in Luke 4, he constantly quoted the scriptures, didn't he? And the identity attacks were the same then as they are now. I don't think the enemy's really got much in his handbag. <laughs> in terms of new tricks. You know, if you are, if you are, if you are, constantly attacking who we are. Are we going to say, it is written back? <laughs> this word of God inside us. We've got things to say back when those negative voices come. Then he starts attacking. Ooh, if you are, I wonder what you could do. And baiting Jesus, if you are. I wonder what you could have. If you are, I'm going to tackle your very life. But each time, stones to bread, Jesus says, it is written. Each time, ooh, you could have this territory. Jesus is like, no, it is written, it is written, it is written. I wonder if we've got that ready <laughs> from the word of God. Verse 13, back to Ephesians 6. Because of this context, this is what it all came in. There's a massive battle. There are angels and demons. But therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand so there's like a returning of a posture to us, isn't there? Where our heads are up again. <laughs> you know, everything's coming at us, but there we are, the children of the Most High God. Assume the position. <laughs> Walk into work in that position. Walk back home today in that position. 
verse 14. This is where he gets specifics, and I found lots of different images. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist. Clonk it in like a seatbelt, the word of God round you, for your own protection. It held everything else in place, the belt, of tru- the belt for the Roman armies, the belt of truth. The word of God will hold your whole life in place. His word stands eternal. The breastplate of righteousness in place. Do you notice it all? In place. Get it in place. Get it in place. Why was it over the heart, these breastplates? Because our hearts are really vulnerable. Guard our hearts. They're the wellspring of our lives. Even our words flow out of our hearts. Guard them. (laughs) Guard them. Verse 15, and keep your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I was looking at the kind of shoes they would have had. Look at them. I don't know if you can see, but they, were, they really wound it round themselves. <laughs> exactly where they walked. They walked with the gospel wound round them. And when we walk down our streets, it's contended territory. We walk the good news of Jesus. Thunderous. <laughs> down our roads. We walk it into town. We walk it into our families. We walk it into children's bedrooms. We walk it into our lounge. We walk it into our workplaces. We walk the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the very basics that Jesus came, died for our sins, rose from the dead, is seated in heavenly places, and he has authorized us to be his body on earth now. We walk with that tightly round us, everywhere. We walk it everywhere, changing the atmospheres. And then in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. It's much bigger than I thought it was. I don't know why, but I imagined it really tiny. And then my tiny friend Melody, about 10 years ago, I found this photo where she'd made one and we were like larking around with it. And it was literally bigger than her because she was really short. Some of you might remember her from years ago. And so, you know, they were huge, these, these shields that they had in Roman times. Not like a tiny bit of faith. It was like, hi-ya, get that in place. Take that, arrows of the evil one. With your faith, Julia liked my sound effects then. I'll do it one more time just for effect. Just as loving the vibe then. But, you know, you are really vulnerable to the arrows of the enemy if you do not have your faith in place. How is your faith? Genuinely? How is your faith? Because your faith is a barrier of protection. Your faith protects your front Wait for this. Your faith will protect others. This, um, if we could have the next slide. This is called the testudo. Everyone after three. One, two, three. Testudo. Oh, more. Give me more. Testudo. And this was the Spanish word for the tortoise formation that they made as a Roman army. So they drove forward. And what's incredible is your faith here can protect you. But when you're in formation with others, your faith has the back, covers the head, has the side of other people. Isn't that amazing? 
And sometimes, this is why we keep on hammering on about prayer ministry. Because you can come with your faith, lay your hand on a brother and sister who, whose faith feels diminished, but they're under this. They're in the middle of the shields. And you can say, I will pray for that. That's why my friend praying me out of the flat, <laughs> surrounded by scaffolding, I needed her faith to come over my life in that situation. And you drive forward. <laughs> And I think I want, you know, it's a bit like when you're trying to catch, you know, I imagine the, the picture of nets trying to catch loads of fish or snare a bird. You, you need it all wide and joined. We need to join up together whoosh, to catch something, to get something back, to take back territory from the enemy. We need to testudo again. I'm quite up for that today. I think we should have a go. <laughs> Assemble, charge, and all get at particular, you know, issues in people's lives. Let's go for people's kids, you know, where they're under attack. Let's go for things for people's health. Let's go for things where people are contending for breakthrough. Let's join up and advance together. We really, really need each other. And then this, take the helmet of salvation. Look at it. Solid. You are saved, bought at a price. You can have the mind of Christ. Put on the helmet of salvation. Walk around, knowing your brain, your thoughts are protected. And here we go, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And again, I imagined a slightly different picture but it was short and jabby, <laughs> not long and swipey and eloquent. <laughs> Boom, strike it with the word of God. Punch the balloon and get the air out of the thing that's bouncing into your world. Get the sword of the spirit, the word of God in your hands again. And pray, this is amazing, not just out of your mind, but pray in the spirit. <laughs> on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. Amazing, isn't it? To pray in the spirit. So sometimes, Mike and I, we, we feel like we're facing a barrage or something, and we just crack on in tongues, and we'll pray in tongues. We pray right through it until we've reached a point where we've almost like run out of tongues, and it's sort of gone to a sense of peace inside us. And we march around our house, <laughs> or we stand in our room and take authority over things. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. All kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. God will take it all. <laughs> and then with this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then I love this ending of Paul's, pray also for me. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. And he writes to them and says, oh, could you pray for me, please? Because do you know what? We all need prayer. <laughs> he wasn't too proud. Even though he'd had such an amazing dramatic conversion, he'd planted amazing churches. He'd seen incredible miracles. He wasn't going to bow down to the regime and the culture of the day. He was going to stand firm, but he, he could have just gone, hey, I've got this. But he didn't. He said, pray for me. Pray for me that I'll continue to speak 
fearlessly continue to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I will declare it fearlessly as I should. Amazing what he decides to pray. And then Tychicus, what a great name. (laughs) The dear brother and faithful servant. What a lovely way to describe him. That's who we are to God, (laughs) to each other. Brothers and sisters, faithful servants, well done, you guys, (laughs) for still sticking the course (laughs) when you've been through storms and you're battered. (laughs) But he says, you know, dear brother, faithful servant, And he says, this chap, he's going to tell you. He'll keep you in the loop, (laughs) let you know what I'm doing. And I'm sending him to you for that purpose because he wants us to stay connected, even if one's in prison, staying connected. And that way, we'd all know how each other are and we can encourage each other. (laughs) And then he ends. Peace to the brothers and sisters. Love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And that's Ephesians. (laughs) That's the close of the letter. What an amazing letter. What a challenging letter. What an inspiring letter when you remember who wrote it and what he faced. And it's over to us. for our response to it now. We're at the end of the letter. (laughs) He's given us the warnings. He's given us the tools we need. Imagine them all here (laughs) in a big old bundle. Maybe there's a specific part of the armor you're thinking, oh, I've not picked that up for a while. I think one of the reasons we wanted to go through a book is we just really know we need the word of God in us so much. I think it's an era to just be fed on the word again. (laughs) Always that era, but particularly now. And you know, storms shake trees, but trees get stronger sometimes in storms because their roots have to go deeper. (laughs) And we're branches of a very big tree (laughs) that's very well rooted. (laughs) and we know what to do.